You know, like some podcasts do like a little clip before they start. That's going to be the clip before we start. Don't ever address it again. It doesn't come back out. You got to wait till the 25th, the 26th, you can post it. All right, y'all. So welcome back to our latest podcast, only about six months after our previous podcast. Yeah, just a little late on that one. Just a little late. Uh, But I am joined today by Connor Quaglino and Hayes Martin who will be graduating in just under a week from Jesuit under uh, very different circumstances than we probably thought on our last uh, podcast here. And so Connor had the idea that what we would do is just maybe go around and just kind of catch up, see what we've been up to in the last few months. Have we uh, been able to you know, stay in touch, keep up the faith, uh, how Sodality and Campus Ministry handled uh, you know, the coronavirus break here? And then just maybe looking ahead to what's next for these guys and the seniors uh, as they leave Jesuit and and move on to other things. Um, so Connor, you know, take take it away. Uh, what what have you been up to? Um, so early on during the coronavirus, uh, I think there was a kind of a sense of shock, so there wasn't really much going on. But then after that, we kind of started to get organized a bit. Um, so we were able to, the first, really the first, um, domino to fall was Mr. Augustine starting back up the senior Bible study on zoom calls. And we were like really kind of nervous on how that was going to work. Cause we just tried out the senior Bible study and it was going great. We were meeting before school mornings, get some donuts and coffee, talking a little Bibles. Um, and then we figured out through zoom meetings, we could do an hour, an hour and a half session and still be successful. So then after that, we were like. We kind of figured out how we could get stuff going. We did some sodality calls with Father Dyer live from the UMC. Uh, and I think guys really, really enjoyed that because not only were they able to catch up and talk about their faith, talk about how they've been keeping up, but we also got to hear from Father Dyer uh, about you know what's actually going on out in the world because we've all been locked up. We don't know what's going on. And I think that really helped a lot of guys. Yeah, and, and Father, I just saw you were on the cover of a magazine, huh? Well, this is true. They they had to put a mask over my face before they'd let me on the cover. But um, I don't think you can tell I was uh, I was sticking my tongue out uh, <laughs> on the picture. But the funny thing is that picture popped up on my Twitter feed a day after I followed it, like a Jesuit news network account. It was you and Father Brown on the same picture, and I was like, how did this happen? Is like that I've the just, new Insta photo? Uh, we're, we're moving. We're moving up in the world. <laughs> Gosh, they, uh, okay. You know, we're movers and shakers within the Jesuit world now. Uh, shapeshifters. Yeah, reptilian shapeshifters. <laughs> that was go. the best homily you've ever given. Period. <laughs> Father, do you want to? Uh, do you want to? You know, maybe for the listeners back home, tell us what are these reptilian shapeshifters all about? Well, I can't even remember what a reptilian <laughs> shapeshifter is. I was trying to remember that, that homily the other day, but it, it arose from the Appalachia trip yeah. where the seniors basically dared me saying that I couldn't integrate reptilian shapeshifters into, uh, into a homily. Yeah. And, uh, well, of course, as soon as that happens, you know, you have to just <laughs> charge straight at that. And challenge so, accepted there. Challenge accepted. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was the reptilian shapeshifters that like they look, they look like they're one of us. Yeah. But underneath, there's something else going on. Well, okay, you can do all kinds of stuff with that. Yeah. So talk about integrity and all that stuff. Good. I'm glad it was a, a lasting memory. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember of the homily. <laughs> reptilian shapeshifters. Well, we were sitting right next to each other during that yeah, mass, and we, were, we looked at each other as soon as we heard reptilian shapeshifters. I think shapeshifters. all of us looked at each other and were very confused. But then the seniors told us because we were juniors at the time. The yeah. seniors told us. It's a joke. We dared him to do it. 
My, my favorite homily moment at Jesuit was uh, was the feast of uh, Jose Maria Rubio when you guys were maybe freshmen. Uh-huh. Uh, when it started about how he was uh, from Madrid and Mr. Boabla's uncle was also from Madrid, uh-huh. a very famous uh, athlete, played wall ball, and wrote a wrote a blog teaching people about it. Uh, Bob de Boabla's wall ball blog. <laughs> there was also uh, Mr. Powers was the only person to laugh, which made it even better. Oh gosh! That's, that's there was also one. It was that. a second floor lunchtime chapel mass of, I think it was last year or not this past year, the year before my junior year, where you were doing it for the sophomore sodality, and you were talking about how Columbia has the second like highest population of hippopotami because of Pablo Escobar running by it. And you kept changing up how to say the plural of hippopotamuses every time. It went from hippopotamuses, hippo, hippopotami, hippopot- oxen or something like that. And there's like five minutes of this and you just, at one point you stopped saying the homily because you were laughing too hard. This is why you have students. They remember the things that you forget. <laughs> Just, just so everyone's clear back home, we, we do get a lot done uh, in the Kings Ministry Department. Uh, yeah. This yeah. office is very fruitful. That's right. Yeah, yeah so maybe, um, yeah, so kind of you're talking about uh, some of the things with sodality and, and how you guys have kept in touch. What about just, you know, in your own um, you know, lives throughout this, you know, this weird kind of break? What's it been like to maybe at first be away from Mass when we were told we couldn't go back to Mass? And then now that we can go back to mass, you know, have you seen the ups and downs of y'all's faith experience? And then you know, maybe even amongst your friends, if things are different uh, for those guys, too. I will say for me, the first thing when COVID started to ramp up and we realized that senior year was over, uh, my first thought was maybe I can go to adoration once a week. And then the adoration chapels all got closed down because of COVID. And then when masses all went online, there was there literally was no chance for you to even go to in-person mass. I felt it really it became really difficult to stay in touch with your faith life when for me having the in-person masses you I took that for granted not realizing how much they help you stay in touch with your faith and online masses are just a little bit harder to pay attention to and get the most out of so it's definitely been a struggle uh, now that in-person masses are back in my parish I go you have to wear a mask but it's better than being online you can still get back to your normal routine and try to build your relationship with God because I definitely can say that mine during COVID struggled a bit due to all the restrictions. You know who's the big loser in this? Okay. Here's my here's <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest loser. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a hot take. I need a hot take sound button. The the big loser in this is the person who says I'm spiritual but not religious. Because I think that everybody realized during this how difficult it is to just be spiritual without the support of community practices, like tangible elements that help structure, you know, your, your interior and exterior life. So, you know, the person who says I'm spiritual, but not religious. Well, we've just had a society wide experiment that says that's not tenable. That, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there's the classic phrase and the hard times you figured out what you're worth. And in this case, like what do, what does somebody who's spiritual and not religious actually come to? Like, no human inter- interaction here, no contact, not really getting much. I, I find myself in a similar uh, boat as Hayes, though, with the no mass thing. So, actually, so we started around the end of Lent, and I was going to mass every day for my Lenten promise. 
And I was like, okay, I can keep going. And then, you know, there's just not going to be as many people at church. Then it was like the archbishop shut down all the masses, made them all private masses. I was like, okay, I'll watch them online. Two days in, I was like, this is just not the same. Like being there, physical presence. Like I was watching from the second floor chapel. The best part of a day <laughs> is watching. Also, there was the the funny gaffes of Brother Terry Todd yeah, leaving see. leaving the uh, the YouTube stream up for seven hours, <laughs> or calling uh, Mr. Flores at the beginning of mass, and you can hear the whole whole phone call. That that really did make me feel like I was still a Jesuit. But <laughs> you know. I, I really missed actually being in that chapel to start my day. It was just completely something different to start off your day, you know, outside on a porch or in your own bedroom watching mass. You know, you still get something out of it, but it's clearly no uh, uh, no comparison. Like I, we had a conversation in one of those Sedalia Zoom calls. Uh, Father Dyer asked us, like, how do you all find online mass? And basically the entire consensus was it's just not the same. And I think it's really actually, you know, brought something good out. Like, realized how much I appreciate actually physically being mass. Like, just being separated from it killed me at first. Like, not being able to go to church. I've been able to go to church recently with my family, and it's great and all, and it's just, you know, something different being back. But for those few months where we had to be all online, it was very rough. And, like, especially when it came to Easter time. Like, watching the Easter vigil, like, you know, you're used to everybody going in, you know, fire outside the church, lighting the candles, and it's like, oh, the priest just walked out behind a camera. This doesn't have the same feeling to it. So that's how I felt about all that. I'm with Connor with the second floor chapel. It has a has an atmosphere. And going in in the morning at 7.15, it's, there's something about how quiet it is, and yeah. you can kind of hear kids outside talking not having that or having it online it's just there's no comparison to the second floor chapel we need in-person stuff and i think this is what this has showed us that we can't do everything online you know in the work and in religious life and that's that's a good point both y'all making that you know even in the negative moments there are some positive things um and i was thinking about one of them being just uh that you guys you know both award winners right here uh, very busy, uh, you know, prefect of sodality, president of student ministry, amongst you know, many other things. Uh, have you found that maybe the lack of, uh, you know, set things, the lack of formal things has allowed you in this sort of, you know, freed up space to maybe slow down a little bit? And, and what, what's that been like? Has that been a positive experience or, you know, what have you found in this sort of slowed pace of life? Yeah, so I... I'm normally a very, very busy guy, whether it's sodality, school, soccer. Normally don't really have much free time. Uh, and one thing the break did, it actually allowed me to get back into a lot more casual reading. Like, I was not able to make time before. Uh, and since then, I've been able to pick up not only, you know, some fun books, you know, like reread Harry Potter, just, you know, childhood back, you know, the, the normal, but also pick up some more spiritual books. Like, I've been able to go back, read some more C.S. Lewis that I wanted to get to before but didn't have the time. And then uh, there's been some more... You know, now I'm reading Tolkien and trying to see the the spiritual religious themes in it, and it's great. <laughs> of course, Mr. Flores is a big fan, if if you, if you don't know. Um, but it's just something I didn't realize how much I missed because reading was like my big thing in grammar school, middle school, and then when I got to high school, I just felt like I didn't have the time for it, didn't have the maybe patience or ability to sit down, quiet, and uh, do it with the hustle and bustle of everything, and also like brought something I didn't even think about uh, into it. Like I had 
I've always had this connection with my aunt where we go and we see the movies of the books that we've read or stuff like that. And I've been able to talk to her about the Lord of the Rings books and stuff. And she's been giving me insight. She's like, you, Connor, you got to read this. You got to read. You're going to you're going to love it. And there was one day I went over to literally just pick up the books. And I spent an hour and a half talking to her and I would not have had that, you know, in any other situation. I will say uh, I'm a very organized person, as Connor can attest to, as many of y'all can attest to. And for me, this was very odd because, yeah, you got to wake up for, what was it, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. to sign in? 9 a.m., but classes started at 8 a.m. So you had to sign in for 9 a.m., and so that was somewhat structured, but it was it was extremely frustrating for me. And that's one of the things where instead of going towards my faith, I kind of started to go away just because I was so frustrated with everything that was going on. It was hard to realize that this was actually more free time for me to explore more things and explore more about religion and my spiritual life. And as soon as I realized that kind of mid, I'd say April after the, so a month into online learning, it definitely helped me to realize that it's, it's nice to maybe take a break from the organization and the structure and, you know, have a basically, I guess, a one or two month sabbatical and explore new things. And I liked it. I will say I do like my organization a little bit better and I'm happy to get back into that. But it was a definitely nice contrast. And it I think this whole pandemic allowed everybody to see something a little different, allowed some everybody to explore their lives and see, you know, what's lacking, what's what they need and really kind of have self-exploration, I guess. Um, well, what did you think about online classes? I will say online classes were not up to the expectations of what I guess students would expect, but that's also due in part because teachers had a week to transfer their entire syllabus online. Mm-hmm. My hope that is for this coming year for high school and colleges alike, teachers have had a whole summer to reorient their courses and prepare for online so they'll be better and more attuned to the student, but I think having it wasn't good for students and teachers to be able to have to transition to online in a yeah. week and start learning online. It was it made me realize that in, I've read Ready Player One. I don't know if you've read that book. It's about how I've heard about it. And like they're predicting, I think it's in like the 2040s, that school and everything will be online. Basically, everybody lives in like a trailer and everything you interact with is in like a, a VR headset and you go to school and all that made me realize that <laughs> although it may have sounded yeah. cool in the book that's not something you that i like i really value yeah i think person. i learned very quickly online classes are no go not the way to go like you know there was the there was two sides to it with like the classes you really enjoy it was you were happy because you were still in there and you got to know like a little more about your teachers that you might not have known because they were you know they were a little more open a little more personal but on the other hand you're like i wish i had those two months in the classroom with them because it could have been so much better. But I think it really showed out with classes that you don't enjoy because it just did not turn out well. Like, people wouldn't show up for the Zooms or stuff like that. Uh, And then, you know, it's even harder if you don't like, you know, like physics or something or in English and you really don't like putting effort into it, you're not getting any motivation at home if you're not in the classroom. So I think I definitely learned that online is a bad idea. I did get to see Mr. Delahousie's son's turtle. That was a highlight of my online experience. We got to meet the turtle and see it on Zoom. That's pretty good. How old was the turtle? I do not know. The turtle was very small. Okay. The son came in and uh, Mr. Delahousie said, "Do y'all want to?" There was only like four or five of us on the Zoom. He goes, "Do you want to see his turtle?" He said, "Absolutely." So he went and proceeded to get his turtle and show us the turtle. 
we couldn't have gotten that in person. No, I don't, I don't think I, so. I think that is point. one of the, yeah. the massive benefit that we didn't consider. Therapy to okay. go in high school. Um, so y'all bring up a good point, though, about the uh, the, 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 <laughs> the in-person versus the online things. Um, and so I was just thinking about, did y'all's, what was your, you know, your friendships like during coronavirus? Were you able to hang out with friends or was it all mediated through, you know, yeah, some kind of screen? And then has that changed your your views on, you know, you're, go- you're all going to college, so I mean, you probably make different friends, but uh, has that changed your views on, on like, on just human interactions and relationships? Uh, th- do you value those in-person relationships more now than you did before? Or have you found that, uh, screens of the future, like you were saying in, in the Ready Player One book, and this this is inevitable. And we need to find a, a way to make it work. I think uh, Connor and I both realized Connor and I are in the same friend group, and we realized that in the beginning we all didn't hang out at all for I guess the first it month. About, it was about three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. yeah, and then we decided to start going to parking lots and stay six feet apart in our trunks. And at least from that, I really learned how much I valued in in person interactions and social interactions it was extremely hard to uh stay sane when you when the only interaction you're having with your friends is through text we would try to do like group facetime but that doesn't really work when you have nine guys screaming over each other yeah when sane is parked six feet away from each other in your trunks to hang out holy cow better, yeah. it was better than well, so Hayes and i have actually been good friends probably since we were like four years yeah. old like we've we're we're long back and, you know, especially as high school guys, like, you're used to handing out five days a week at school, then Friday night, then probably Saturday yeah. night. You know, maybe Sunday's your one day away from Did the craziness. And yeah. Going to mass and stuff like that. And then you go to, you're not seeing your friends for a whole month. Like, that's just absolutely catastrophic, especially for a high school kid or, you know, a, even the younger kids, right? Your whole world is your friends, your school, your family at home. And you spend mo- the majority of your time with your friends. And that's just all thrown out the window. Like, it, it made me realize so much about, like, how dependent I was on these people in not a bad way, in a really good way. And just to have that stripped felt very, uh, very hard at first. While also trying to go yeah. through the fact that your senior year has been ripped away. Not very easy when you don't have your friends, like, to yeah. talk to other than text. I think we both really realized that computers are not the way of the future yeah. people really do value social interactions as much as companies and people may want to do it for economic reasons or other reasons for social reasons and just mental health reasons i think mm-hmm. in-person interactions need to stay and yeah. I th- everybody realized that okay so um maybe just one thing before before we go is uh you know as you guys are about to graduate and be alums of jesuit high school even though in theory i guess you know, it's been delayed a little bit longer than it would have been. Uh, do you have any kind of maybe advice to, you know, the underclassmen, the, the juniors that are going to be taking these leadership positions? In many cases, you know, guys that haven't been connected to the campus, you know, in, in well over six months uh, before they start school. What, what have you learned in, in this time that maybe you guys can share as, you know, as leaders? What's some advice you have to the, to the rest of the Jesuit High School as they move on? Uh, in these uncertain times, mm-hmm. I think I would I would just go ahead and say don't don't hesitate if you have an idea for school for school spirit for spirituality and campus ministry and fidelity. Don't hesitate because one thing I learned time will will actually come you know come quicker 
than you hope. Uh, Mr. Gustin and I had a, a conversation literally right before Corona started about following through on ideas. If you have a good idea and somebody says, you know, that's not a good idea, talk to some people about it, but make sure it gets done. Don't say, wait, don't, you know, I, there's so many things I wanted to do at the, the end of the year for Sodality that I wasn't able to do because I waited too long. I waited till the fourth quarter to do them. I could have easily done most of them in the first or second or third quarter. So I would just say follow through. Even if you get a little pushback, keep following through. If it's a good idea, people love it, do it. There's no problem with, you know, a little more school spirit, a little more opportunity to worship or to grow closer to people. Do it. Definitely say get involved if you haven't. And as cliche as it may sound, and I know everybody says this, but enjoy your time here. I think for us, the class of 2020, what we realize is everybody really looks forward to second semester senior year. That's when you really get to enjoy high school to the fullest. And we didn't get that. And I think that made us all realize that although we may have been itching to get out of here and move on to better things and go to college and a new experience, we all realize that we do value this place. And it really was something that changed our lives and, you know, staying involved and getting the fullest out of it makes you look back and know that you didn't. You took everything, you didn't take anything for granted, and you got everything out of it that you could. Also, if there's somebody in your grade you don't know, you see them in the hallway, go meet them. Like, you don't know how much time you have left, how many more times you're going to have an opportunity to talk to that person. Go meet the person. You're going to want to know every one of the 250, 260, 70 who graduated with you. There's no, no time to waste with that. You need to know everybody to the best of your ability. Well, I can certainly say, and, and I think I can speak for, for Mr. Augustine and Father Dyer, uh, we're certainly glad that we've gotten to know you guys over the last four years, uh, or five years, really. And uh, we're going to be sad to see you leave, but you know, excited to see what you do in, in the future. Uh, and hopefully, maybe uh, you'll come back to us, maybe the ASC program or some, some other kind of capacity one day. But uh, you know, again, I just want to take this time to, to thank you guys for doing such an amazing job leading the school, uh, both as you said, in, in spiritual things, but also just in your witness to what it means to be, uh, you know, as we would say, like a, a man for others. And, uh, you know, as we've been saying the whole year, um, you know, being a man for Christ and, and Vinci Teips and things like that. So, again, guys, uh, thank you uh, so much for all that you've done for our school and looking forward to see what you do in the future. Go Jays. Go Jays. Thank you all.